0: do you ever feel like nobody understands how you feel like nobody understands what you're going through Well, today on Peace by Believing, we're going to be talking about the fact that there is one person who knows exactly how you feel. He knows exactly what you're going through, and his name is Jesus. And I pray that this sermon will be a blessing to you. I've always heard it said that if you want to get to know somebody, maybe the best way to do that is to travel with them. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. When you travel with somebody, you see what they're like when the planes are late, when their luggage is lost, when the... Hotel rooms are dirty, when the eggs are cold, when there's a last-minute change of plans about something. You see how somebody reacts to adversity when you're traveling with them in ways that you wouldn't see if you just saw them at church or saw them occasionally out in the community. There's something about traveling with somebody, being with them all the time, that gives you a feel for what kind of person they are. Never forget several years ago, we took, or I led a trip of our senior adults to Branson. This was in about 2000, I had gotten a travel agent and we had planned out a good trip and all the shows that our group wanted to go see, we had gotten tickets to all those shows. And if you've been to Branson, you know all the shows up there are good, but some of the shows are really good. And we had tickets for the really good shows. And as we were on our bus driving into Branson, my phone rang and it was our travel agent. And he said, John, I have some bad news for you. He said, it's, it's a strange thing that's happened. And he said, but I've got to just tell you. He said, some of those shows that we thought we had tickets to, we don't have tickets to those shows. But instead, we have tickets to these other shows. Well, he started naming those other shows. And I knew that our group didn't care anything about seeing those. And I thought, man, I'm fixing to be in, the tr- in trouble with 45 of our senior adults up here for messing this trip up. Well, he continued on. He said, I'm going to try my best to see if we can do something. He said, but it's my mistake. I thought I had it all taken care of, and it's just messed up. Well, we finished the conversation, and I thought, well, I've got to tell the group what's going on. I can't hold that information back. And so as we were driving into Branson, I timidly went to the front of the bus and got the little microphone there and made that announcement and told them what he had told me. And I never will forget when I got finished with the announcement and driver finally took us to where we were to stay at the hotel and he parked the bus and I got off first and uh, everybody else was filing off and I thought, well, you know, I'll just, I like to talk to people when they're coming off my bus. And so as they came off the bus, it seems like every one of them said something to this effect. John, don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. We're just glad to be here. God's in control. It'll all work out. It's not your fault. It's no big deal. They were just so nice about it. It made me feel good. They said, hey, we'll just pray about it and let God work this thing out. Well, which by the way, let me put in a little plug here for senior adults. This is one of the things that I like about being around senior adults. They've been through so much in life, they seldom get rattled. (laughs) And so those of us who are a little bit younger can learn a lot from them. Well, about two days later, the travel agent called, and he said, John, you're never going to believe what happened. He said, you guys must have been praying. He said, you know those shows, Shoji Tabuchi, the Japanese violinist, and some of those other shows that we afraid you weren't going to see? Now we've got tickets for all those shows, and just to make up for the angst and stress that I put on you in the group, we're even throwing in some free shows for y'all to watch. Man, one of the free shows was the Lawrence Welk show. Well, Lawrence Welk, that's not necessarily my type of music, but I knew he was a legend, right? And I had grown up seeing him some on TV, and so I, they said, we want you to go. And so one afternoon, we went to the Lawrence Welk Theater, and we got seated down. We're watching the show, and, you know, it's just like it was on TV with the music stands and the people out there doing all these things. And I don't remember who I was sitting by that afternoon. It may have been Tommy Lee or Eugene. I don't know who it was, but about 15 minutes into the show... I noticed I hadn't seen Lawrence Welk, and I looked over to them and I said, When's Lawrence Welk coming out? They said, He's not coming out, John. I said, Well, why not? They said, He died. And I thought, No wonder we got free tickets to this show. And I, I, I thought, Now, how can I not be disrespectful but make good use of the next two hours? And I never will forget, I went outside the Lawrence Welk Theater and I exercised all the way around the thing, kind of, but I did it with a good attitude because I'd been around the senior adults and they had had such a good attitude. But my point is, when you travel with somebody, you get to know what kind of person that person really is. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Now, with that premise, let's take it into the spiritual realm. If we could have traveled with Jesus when he was on the earth, if we could have been Peter Andrew, James, John, and Matthew, and seen Jesus interact with people, his disposition, his facial expressions, his body language, the tone of his voice, not just what he said, but how he said it. When we read the Bible, we read what he said. Those guys saw how he said it. And for three years, they traveled with Jesus. And so if anybody knew what kind of person he was... It was those 12 men. Now, let's take that one step further. If we could have traveled with Jesus, not only during those three years of His public ministry, but if we could have traveled with Jesus during the last week of His life before the cross, if we could have traveled with Jesus down from Galilee, through Jericho, and up to Jerusalem as Jesus was going to the cross we would have learned some absolutely amazing things about Jesus. We would have learned what was most important to him. And one of the first things we would have noticed is that Jesus cares about individuals. He cares about the one the one person who has a problem in his or her life. And so if you'll open your Bibles tonight to the Gospel of Luke in chapter number 18, I want us to look tonight at just one of those people whom Jesus dealt with, whom he encountered on his way to Jerusalem, Uh, as he was preparing for his own death, burial, and resurrection. Luke chapter 18, look with me, beginning in verse 35. This is one of the most fascinating stories in the Bible. Matthew records it, Mark records it, and Luke records it. We're reading tonight about a blind man who was healed. Luke doesn't give us the name of the man, but Mark makes clear that his name was Bartimaeus. Matthew gives us an additional insight that there was not just one man, but that there were two blind men whom Jesus healed. But since we're in Luke tonight, we'll read it just in his account. But the man's name is Bartimaeus. Luke 18 and verse 35, then it happened as Jesus was coming near Jericho, that a certain blind man sat by the road begging And hearing a great multitude passing by, he asked what he meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he cried out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. That was his prayer. Then those who went before warned him that he should be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David have mercy on me so jesus stood still and commanding him to be brought to him and when he had come near he asked him saying what do you want me to do for you he said lord that i may receive my sight literally lord that I may regain my sight. And the New American Standard brings that out. In other words, this man had sight earlier in life. And something had happened that had blinded him it caused him to lose his vision. And his prayer was very simply, Lord, that I may regain my sight. Then Jesus said to him, receive or regain your sight. Your faith has made you well. Literally, your faith has saved you. And immediately he received, he regained his sight, and he followed Jesus, glorifying God, and all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Now, when Jesus said your faith has made you well, literally your faith has saved you. The picture we're given from Scripture is, the moment his sight returned, he not only received physical sight, he received salvation. Jesus could look into this man's heart and soul and see that he had faith to believe that he indeed did believe and Jesus saved this man and he healed this man at exactly the same time and his healed sight his restored vision was an outward expression of what had happened in his heart this man had been saved and so on his way to jerusalem with all these people gathering around it would have been easy for jesus to have ignored this man and for jesus to have thought I didn't come to heal every blind person. I didn't come to heal every sick person. I didn't come to solve every problem. I came primarily so that I could die on the cross to pay for the sins of the world so that everybody who wants to be saved can be saved. It would have been easy for Jesus to have thought that. And yet, with the cross clearly on his mind, with Jerusalem almost within his sight, if not within his sight, Jesus stopped when he heard the cry of this blind man And he met this man's need, which says to me, even when Jesus was on the way to do the biggest thing that has ever been done in the history of the world, he stopped to meet a man's need. Jesus is concerned with the individual. And I want to make it clear to you tonight, just like Jesus was concerned with this man, Jesus is concerned with you. He is concerned with what is on your mind. He is concerned with what is on your heart. He is concerned with what, whatever you were struggling with or troubled about or worried about when you came in here tonight. Jesus is concerned. Now, as we think about Bartimaeus, this blind man, he is a picture to us of a person who was in a situation that few people could understand. Think about this. He was blind. Unless you were blind or unless you had been blind, there's absolutely no way that you could understand what Bartimaeus was going through. Think about his situation. Because he was blind, he was unemployed, he had no job, which meant he had no source of income, which meant the only way he could even get food for himself would be to sit at the gate of a city like this and beg for money. He was a beggar. He was an outcast. He didn't have lots of friends because the working man is not going to spend all of his day at the city gate sitting down by a blind man. And so he was lonely. He was completely dependent upon others. And worst of all, he had no hope that his situation would ever change. Now, that's a bad situation to be in. And yet Jesus understood what he was going through. You see, the reason that the crowd said, shh, 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 sh, stop bothering Jesus. Jesus is up to big things. Jesus doesn't have time to deal with every problem like this is because the crowd did not understand what this man's life was like. And tonight, you may be in a situation That nobody understands. You could sit down. After the service tonight. With your connection group leader. With a friend from your class. With a person you're sitting next to. Maybe even with your family member. Or maybe even with a spouse. And you could begin to explain to them. Your situation. What you're thinking. What you're feeling. How things look to you. And when you got finished. Explaining that situation. They would have heard you, they would have understood what you said, and yet it's possible that they might not understand exactly how you feel. Sometimes what I'm saying is we get in situations and circumstances where there are very few People who understand how we feel. There are very few people who have been in our shoes. And there are very few people who can relate to what we're going through. And you may feel like that tonight. And friend, it may be true. Don't get frustrated with people that you've told whatever you're feeling or going through to, and they don't understand. They can't understand. They've not been where you are, they've not experienced what you're experiencing. But, friend, the good news is tonight, whatever you're going through, Jesus Christ understands. You say, Well, Jesus has never been blind. How would Jesus know what it's like to be blind? Jesus doesn't understand based on experience, Jesus understands based on the fact that He's God. And as God, He can understand everything. And sometimes God allows His children to get in a situation, or He may even allow an unsaved person to get in a situation that very few people can understand, so that we will turn to God and so that we will put our focus on Him. Bartimaeus had one hope in life, and his hope was Jesus Christ. When he said, son of David, he was acknowledging his belief that Jesus was the promised Messiah, predicted in the Old Testament. And he knew that one of the prophecies about the Messiah was that he would restore sight to the blind. So this is why Jesus not only healed him but saved him because he had faith to believe that Jesus was indeed not only the son of David but that he was the son of God. And so when we get in a situation and we think there are very few people who understand, always remember this. As the old song says, no one understands like Jesus. And he does understand everything we're going through. I made a list of some Bible examples of people who were in situations that I can't fully relate to, that if they were living today and if they made an appointment with me and came to my office and we sat down and they started telling me what they were going through, I would listen, I would care, I would pray for wisdom, I would try to help them any way I could, but I couldn't fully understand what it was like to be them, but God can. Listen to the Bible examples that I have listed. First of all, Hagar. From the Old Testament, Abraham's maidservant, Hagar knew what it was like to be a single mom with no financial income, no financial security. And when I was writing this sermon, I don't know why I felt led strongly to put that at the first of the list. Only thing I know is there might be a single mom listening to this message or there might be a single mom in this room tonight and you came in here tonight and you feel like nobody understands what it's like to be a single mom raising a child, the pressure of work and expenses and bills and clothes and food and all these things. Well, I might not can fully understand what it's like to be a single mom. I don't understand that. But I can tell you this, God does. I wrote Samuel's name down. From Samuel's life, we learn that God understands what it's like to be a child who is separated from his parents. A child who is separated from his parents. You remember the story, Samuel's parents brought him to the temple there, and they, de- they brought him to Eli the priest, and they dedicated him to God. And then his parents went home, and here was Samuel as a young boy, not a young man, a young boy. And he is separated from his parents. And yet God knew what that is like, and there may be a Samuel in the room tonight, or there may be a Samuel listening to this message tonight, and you need to know that God understands what it's like to be a child separated from his parents, not so much from experience, although Jesus was separated from his father in a sense when he left heaven, but he understands it because he's God. I wrote Daniel's name down, and from Daniel's life we learn that God understands what it's like to be a teenager who is feeling the pressure to compromise his convictions. Here was Daniel in Babylon. They're offering him food to eat that violated the dietary laws of the Old Testament of of God and of Moses. And he was feeling the pressure, and yet he stood firm in his convictions. But what I'm saying is God understood that struggle. From Abraham's life, we learn that God understands what it's like to be a person whose future is unclear. You talk about a man who didn't know what his future looked like, it was Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12, when God called Abraham, he said, Abraham, leave your homeland, leave your family, and go to a land that I will show you. He didn't say, here's where I want you to go. And in Hebrews, when we read the New Testament reflection on that account, it says that Abraham went out Not knowing where he was going. And that's how some of you feel tonight. You look into your future and you say it's unclear. I think God is leading me but I don't know where he's leading me. I feel like I don't know where I'm going. Well, Abraham knew what that was like and God knows what that's like because God knows everything. From the woman at the well, we learn that God knows what it's like to be a lady whose hope was gone. Now, God doesn't know what it's like to be a lady whose hope is gone because he's ever lost... God's never lost hope, but he's God. He has a mind that knows everything. Three things about God. The theologians say it this way. He's omnipresent, he's omniscient, and he's omnipotent. Those are big words. We don't even know what they mean. Omni means all. Omni means all. And so those three words just mean he's all-present, He's all-powerful, and He's all-knowing. He's big enough to solve every problem. He's with us wherever we go, and He knows everything about everything. And so in the woman at the Wells case, who had been married five times and now was living with a man who was not her husband, and yet Jesus approached her, and Jesus counseled her, and Jesus understood her, and Jesus saved her, and then Jesus made a missionary out of her, we must conclude then (laughs) that Jesus understood what that lady was going through when her hope was gone. From the paralyzed man in the Bible, we learned that God knows what it's like for a person to be in a situation where other people have to care for you and where you can't do anything for yourself. From Elisha's life, we learned that God knows what it's like to be a person whose mentor has either moved away or gone to heaven. Elisha was trained up under Elijah. Elijah looked to Elijah like you and I would look to God. I mean, that was his mentor. And one day Elijah and Elisha were walking along, and we read in 2 Kings chapter 2 that God sent a chariot of fire from heaven, and it caught Elijah up. And here goes Elijah to heaven, and here is Elisha for the first time in his life without his mentor without his role model, without his partner in ministry. And yet God knew what that was like. God understood what Elisha was feeling. And maybe tonight you feel like you've lost somebody like that. And nobody understands. God understands because God knows everything. From Ruth's life, we learn that God knows what it's like to be a lady whose husband has died to be a lady whose husband has died, because Ruth lost her husband, and she was a widow. From Anna in the New Testament, we don't talk much about Anna, but in Luke chapter 2, we read that Anna loved God with all of her heart. She was a godly lady. She was 84 years of age, and the Bible said she was in the temple there in Jerusalem day and night, and she was worshiping God, and she was praying, and she was fasting, and the biblical account lets us to know she had become a widow at a, probably about seven years into her marriage. Her husband had died. Now she's 84. She had lived all these years without a husband, just her and God. And so from Anna's life, we learn that God knows what it's like to be old and all alone. And so those are just a sampling of the examples that I could give you tonight to say that no matter what you are facing in your life right now, I may not fully understand it, another person may not fully understand it, but I can assure you tonight on the authority of God's Word that Jesus Christ understands how you feel. It's so encouraging to know that God understands exactly how we feel, no matter what we're going through. Today, if you're going through a tough time, I would encourage you to do two things. Number one, turn to God in prayer. Pour out your heart before Him. Number two, visit our website at peacebybelieving.org. We have spiritual resources on there that will help you, some booklets you can read. I also would encourage you to contact us. Send us an email so that we can pray for you. God bless you and have a great week. Peace by Believing is an extension of the ministry of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. If you would like to grow in your relationship with God, we have several booklets online for you to read or download. To find them, go to our website, peacebybelieving.org, click on the Spiritual Growth tab, and scroll down to the booklet section. If the ministry of Peace by Believing has been a blessing to you, please email us at info at peacebybelieving.org. We pray that you have a blessed week.